It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For real, for real, this Ready to do this, Jay? Let's do it. Let's jump in. Today into it. is a day about real honesty, as Clayton Bixby would say, real truth. Real truth. Today's about some real truth, because today, for pop culture, we're talking about peeing in pools. Peeing in pools. Public pools, private pools, anywhere really there's water. See? It's very interesting that you say that, because I feel like urinating when you're swimming really depends on where you are. Dude, I really do, Jeremy. I really do. This is Brandon Phoenix, aka I also hate Pitt, and I'm with JN Fiend, Jeremy Phoenix. I'm here too. And as we talk about this peeing, we need it to be clear: the RVK is going to keep it 100 percent real. That's what we do. No faking, no fronting, no no nothing. That's what it is. Jeremy, how do you feel about peeing in pools? Let me start by saying, like, all right. So I was watching this cartoon. And it was a whole show about peeing in pools. And one of the fat little kids on there, and that's how they portray him, jumped in the pool. And immediately all these first graders and kindergartners jumped in the pool. And the water <laughs> turned yellow. So disgusting. And then it got me thinking, is this true? Do people pee in the pool that often? And does it really, quote unquote, turn yellow? People pee in the pool. I guarantee it. How do you feel? I feel like peeing in the pool is a fact of life, and you need to be ready for it if you're going to go swimming in public. Private pools are not the same as public pools. Public pools are not the same things as lakes or the ocean at all. Gotcha. In the ocean, there's all kinds of things happening. Deaths, murders, vicious attacks by animals, peeing, pooping, um, biological material to reproduce life. All kinds of stuff is happening in the ocean. A little urine 
is not going to have be a problem at the beach. Okay. 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 Let's be honest. A little urine and all you're doing is adding to the, uh, maybe changing the pH in your little area, but probably not. It's all getting washed out. So let's not pretend like you haven't peed in the ocean. Uh, I will say my brother and I tried at one point in our life to poop in the ocean. We were unable to do That's so. Disgusting. That we is were unable disgusting. to do so. My, Who tries that? Shout out to M. No, no, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Please clarify which brother you're Shout talking about. Shout to M. We were not able to do so. Uh, I don't know if it was stage fright or the if it pressure, was a pressure. The pressure. I think it was a pressure. I don't know. <laughs> but that's a completely different case. That's disgusting. It's a very different case. And we were very young. Let me just say this right here. People have all kinds of feelings. And people but but, like, but I want to make it clear. What I'm saying is people okay. are peeing in the pool. If you're in a pool, people, if, you're, if you're in the pool with children, the pool is being peed in. And it's it, being peed in over and over again. Because here's what you have to ask yourself. When you're at the pool, how often do you see kids get up and get out of the pool? How often do, you, how often do kids want to stop what they're doing if they're having a good time and do something else? My kids will tell me they're not hungry so they can finish watching a TV show, a cartoon they've seen a million times. You mean to tell me they're getting out of the pool, drying off, could. going to pee, be. and then getting back in the pool? Mm. Let me tell you, kids are not doing that. So if you don't want kids to pee in the pool, you better take them to pee before they get in the pool, and you better remind them repeatedly as they go. Otherwise, they're going to pee in the pool. Let me say, contrary to belief, to most what most people believe, in my entire life, Brandon, in my entire life in being in any body of water, I have never, and I'm being truthful, I have never gotten out of pool to <laughs> <laughs> to go use the bathroom. That's what I was waiting on. I was like, have you I, was, lost your I was about mind? to be stunned. Was how be, have you lost your that was, mind? That was going to be I breaking like, how news. Are you playing? Not as a child, not as a grown, not as a grown no, adult. No, <laughs> never in my life. Jeremy, Jeremy, I, I was going to say, but gonna I say, know I'm the only one. Ryan Lochte. Yes. The American swimmer, gold medalist, said... The liar in Brazil. He said, I think there's something... Uh, he, he told this to the Telegraph. He said, what well, Telegraph is the uh, magazine. The Daily Telegraph. I think there's just something about getting into chlorine water that makes you auto- automatically want to go. But he's not the only one. Michael Phelps. Yes, that Michael Phelps. Mr. Subway himself says... Most decorated swimmer in the history of Olympics. I think everybody pees. In, I don't know how to say it in his voice. I think every he's a mouth breather. Uh, he is a mouth breather. He is a mouth breather. I think everybody pees in the pool. Chlorine kills it, so it's not bad. See, that's where you're wrong, Mike. But, 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 but wait a minute. There are reports, not reports, scientific studies that go on to talk about people think it's safe to pee in pools. And for me, honestly, I'm going to bring you a bunch of stats or, or a bunch of other stuff that where, where people say things and talk about how it changes when you pee and perspire in pools and how it can be dangerous. And I'm going to tell you right now, living my whole life, peeing in pools, <laughs> pools, showers, oceans, and anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> bathtubs oh. whatever okay just know what's coming <laughs> no it's so far. funny that this is false they say <laughs> is being in pool safe no science say, says peeing in pool is argu- arguably a gross habit okay whatever mm. teach his own tomato tomato <laughs> <laughs> a new study says chlorine doesn't in fact kill the content of your urine but rather reacts with it to create a potentially dangerous substance. Chloramine. Chloramine. However, however, 
That is if the chlorine level is too low. Then that's what starts to happen when it's breaking down. Now, I don't think you should be peeing in people's personal pools because the chemicals are expensive. It takes a lot of work to keep those things up. And it's just plain disrespectful. Okay. Let me, let me, let me tell you a story. Now, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> I remember jumping in the pool when I was younger. And this one time, my conscience got the better of me one time. Now, well, you know what? I take that back. I'm not going to act holier than thou. It wasn't my conscience. It was the fact that I read a report that there's certain dyes that turn water blue, certain colors. So I let a little out. And you know what I didn't see? Any dye. No colors. You know what that meant? It was a lie. First and 10, first down. <laughs> Pasco collects your $200. I've never been in a pool where there's dye, and I honestly don't really believe it because I've never seen somebody, because I'm sure one of my friends would have told me I was so embarrassed telling me a story about when they got cold busted caught out there in a pool peeing. No, but, it's a complete lie. The dye is a lie. Even if you've seen Always Sunny, the episode where they go to the amusement park and D has the little pee detector, uh, when they're stuck in that, when they're stuck in that, uh, the slide and the, as the kids pile up the Peter it turns redder and redder and redder um which by the way that's one of the best episodes of that show by far aids aids coming through aids coming through anyway you if you know you know um i mean the, the, there's no detector that's fake 99 this is we're all going on the honor system and hey, we all know how the honor please. system works we what honor system? I didn't read no honor system. Does, I never seen something that says don't pee in pools. Well, have you, have you seen a sign that says do not pee in pools? That's what I was going to talk to you about. Let me just say. SwimUniversity.com suggests that if you own a private pool, you make a sign, clever, funny, or otherwise, that asks politely that they not pee in your pool. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> nah, man. Beer after beer, hour after hour, and you never left the pool. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, they were talking about if if you get in a pool, just know ninety nine point nine percent people are going or somebody has peed in that pool. Um, they're talking about people who actually pee in pools. Think about it. They they name it. Michael um, Phelps, Ryan Lochte, people who are well hydrated and stay in the pool in the pool for hours and hours. Competitive swimmers routinely pee in pools. Old dudes and women who dribble or tinkle, <laughs> babies, yes. toddlers, and lazy mothers who would rather their children just go ahead and pee in the pool than have to walk them back to the bathroom to use it. People say lazy, lazy. This is time conscious, okay? This is being reasonable, especially if you have several children. There's no way you're getting all those kids out of the pool so one of them can go pee. It's all fake. If people who the, the thing I will say is the people who are outraged by people peeing in pools, I think they're liars. Doth protest up, too no, much. No, straight up liars. All right, th- this is where I jump in. No, I am completely on the opposite end of you. Here's this, Jordan. This is ridiculous. Here's Jordan. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Honestly, here's Good Jordan, Lord. the anti peer. Look, Jordan, don't don't feel <laughs> Jordan, don't feel bad for me because look, I don't discriminate. Lakes, pools, oceans, creeks don't matter. If it's Those water, don't matter. chlorine, no chlorine, salt water, <laughs> it's, it's all game time but in a in a place that is specifically designed for uh recreation and people going in and out of a pool with a, with slides and all that jazz man-made pools should not be urinated in but they prepare them to be urinated jordan ha- in. so jordan when you have because, to- that's because of children if you're a grown adult jeremy then you should not be doing that in the <laughs> ryan lochte ryan lochte michael, michael phelps. phelps those guys are professional swimmers yeah i'm professional and i swim <laughs> Real, real talk, Jordan. You so when you have to pee in a pool, you get out. Absolutely, go inside yes. wet. Yes, walk through the house wet. Yes. And that, you don't find that disrespectful? 
You don't find making a mess in someone's home disrespectful. I dry myself off if it is not my own. So property. now we're wasting towels, p- causing more uh, strain on on uh, the environment because you have the washroom. I will and- reuse the same towel after I get back in and hop back out. There are different ways to approach the situation. I'm, I don't know if I'm I believe realistic them. about this. I know and people can make fun of me as much as they want because I know you guys are. Do you pee in showers? If you're taking a yeah, shower, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Shower. Yeah. See, I I don't get why people get so weird about peeing in a shower. You're cleaning your butt crack. Okay. <laughs> We're going all in everywhere. All the crevices, getting all the funk and the nasty out. I need to put a, a disclaimer on the beginning of this. But I'm just saying, but then suddenly pee going into the drain during the shower. I love a story, but I'm not brave enough. I just, I'm not brave I'm enough. enough. I, just, I just don't understand why peeing in the shower is as big a deal as people try to make it. I mean, especially if you clean your shower routinely. Oh, for sure, yeah. Now, if you're one of those people who leaves your shower and it's just gross for weeks on end, then yeah. Then yeah, I mean that's gross. You, you got know, your you, know. you got urea sitting around. But besides that, I don't get what the problem is. I don't know why you guys making such a big deal about this. And the RVK gonna keep it real, so we just telling you the truth. You get in a public pool, you get in any pool. Just suspect what it is. Okay? I just, I just that's the thing. If I go to the pool, I fully if you see me, that everybody uh, is urinating. If you see me, if you see me, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, ain't you already know to no pool parties ever again. <laughs> Ever again. But, uh, yeah, that's it. So, but that leads us to another question. There are people who believe that swimming is the same as bathing. I've heard people say, oh, no, my kids don't need a bath. We just got out of the pool. Uh, You're saving this for next week? No, this is going now. No, we're talking about right now. now. Oh, okay, cool. Because, yeah, I have have something to say. And this. this is where I find it hard. I mean, I understand the concept that chlorine is killing everything. I mean, basically, we're talking about bleach to some extent here, right? Yes. And we're saying you're killing everything. Um, but when I get out of the pool, I don't feel clean. Mm-mm. Do you feel clean, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> don't, just don't come near me. Look, if I get out the pool and my whole body's ashy, that means it's clean, all right? Yeah, but it's not ashy. It's residue from chlorine. I no, hate that. I hate that actually, film. No, no. You no, there's times I'll take a shower and then there's times where I, I don't if I'm going to an event, no question. I'm taking a shower. If I'm going out to the grocery store, most of the time I'm taking a shower. But there's time other times I get out the pool and I'm like, meh, meh, I'm okay. Yeah, no, I just so let me tell you, if you tell me the pool George give me a side eye like if you, you tell me dirty, the pool you is, dirty. If you tell me the pool I shower after every pool I go into. It's I disgusting. agree. I agree. But if you tell me that the pool is a shower for you and you're using chlorine as your crutch, then I will understand it. I don't agree with it, but I can understand where you're coming from. But if you're telling me the lake or the ocean or a pond, especially a pond, if you're telling me that after swimming in that, you have done the equivalent of bathing, you're disgusting. Absolutely. And I rebuke you. I agree with the pond. But I have relatives who would go into a lake with with a bar of soap and use the water in that lake to bathe. With themselves. a bar of yes. soap, we're not. Georgia, talking. Yeah, come with on, a bar of soap. Yeah. I'm just yeah. I'm I'm putting that argument out. Two that weeks in a row, turn the mic exist. off, Jordan. You gonna say bar of soap? That's <laughs> bad. Yeah. That's is bad. That's bad. Right? Taking a bath. Yeah. off my mic means two weeks without a show. Ooh, ooh! Look at that, Jordan with the with the comeback. I, I got nothing to say. Yeah, yeah. could have came way stronger than that. Yeah, I'm, been okay. I'm tough. I'm I'm smart. I know what I'm doing. I'm smart. I'm smart. smart. I was passed over. <laughs> Jerry's favorite part to say. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we have. We want to know what you think, how you feel. Is it okay to pee in a pool? 
And is it okay to uh, view pools or, or, or swimming and whatever as a shower? As a bath. As anything that represents cleaning. Let the RVK know. You can now leave us anchor messages, which means you can get on, say what you have to say, and we will add it to the show and or respond to it. Also, if you like the show, please subscribe. Tell every person you know about it. Anybody who loves the Raspy Voice Kids, find somebody else who might love the Raspy Voice Kids. Like it, subscribe to it, and please write us a review. I know we're asking a lot, but it's really not that much. Also, it will do a tremendous amount for us. We love y'all. Ready for the next segment. Raspy Voice! Big shout to Shrinkables! Shrinkables! Supporting the RVK Partnership since day one we love our man jim ashley the quintessential businessman and international world traveler jim ashley we thank you for being a sponsor and partner with the show we love having you on can't wait till you're here again Welcome to the next segment of the Raspy Voice Kids. We're about to get it popping, talking about defense, pads popping, tackling, schemes, X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pitt. And Jeremy J.N. Phoenix as well. I'm here. For the last few years, under the Dana era, all anyone talked about was offense. Gibby was relegated to somebody that people complain about mostly, even though he showed progress in almost every one of his years, improved the defense. But people were sick of the 3-3-5. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You got your wish. No more odd stack from the 3-3-5. Mm, not directly. Vic Koenig, Vic Koning. I always want to call him Koenig because it looks like Koenig to me, but Vic Koning is the new defensive coordinator for WVU. He is not a new defensive coordinator. He's been one for 34 years. He's been one in seven different conferences. He's had success at every single stop, save for maybe one, which wasn't totally his fault. Um, but I, for one, am super excited. I listen to Jed Drennings, the Signal Caller podcast. If you like West Virginia sports and you like to know about X's and O's, Jed Drenning is the guy to check out. Listen to the Signal Caller podcast. He breaks I it down. did. He really does. I did, and he gave me some real good nuggets. Stats, facts, everything you want. The thing that I like when I look at a coordinator is I want to see that you've had success. And I want to see that you've had success at multiple levels. We know that Troy won 31 games in three years with Vic Koning as part of the staff. And you look at it and you say, well, that's the Sun Belt, right? And the Sun Belt, I believe, only had one player drafted on offense uh, the, you know, in the last three years. So you think you're not really playing top-tier talent. And there's no question about that. However, there were no defensive players drafted from the Sun Belt, so you're not playing with top talent either. But if you're not so sure and you still want to be skeptical skeptical about what Vic Koning can do, think about what he did with DeMarcus Ware. DeMarcus Ware played at Troy with Vic Koning as his coordinator. He played that bandit position, which is going to be such an important position, played by Vandarius Cohen, Vandarius Cowan, however you say his name. I say it both ways. It depends on what's going on. I think, I think we might have a monster hiding. You talk about in, in Cohen or or in Cohen or, and in this defense. What I like this quarter, Vic. That's what I said in both okay. in the defense and in the personnel. The thing that I like, I'll go through just some brief statistics from his time in the ACC at Clemson. In 2005, he became the defensive coordinator at Clemson. 
They were 11th in the nation in scoring. The next year, they were 16th. In 2007, they were t- in 2007 they were 10th. In 2008, with three new linebackers and with a ton of injuries on the defensive line, they were 13th, all per Jed Drenning. All I see is that he keeps his he keeps the other team from scoring. One of the things that was really cool is in 2017, Troy was number one in the nation in red zone defense. Bend but don't break. And that's good. I the mean, most that important mean, yeah. part is not about the yards. Total defense, Jed gave a lot of stats about total defense. I ignored those because what I care about is not about how many yards you give up. I care about how many points you give up. And I know there's a correlation between the two, but it's not a direct correlation all the time. And that's why scoring defense is so important. That's why red zone defense is so important. And everywhere he went, everywhere he went, the Big Ten, the ACC, the Sun Belt, no matter where he was, Vic Coning found ways to confuse the other team's quarterback, to get to the other team's quarterback, leading the leagues several times in tackles for losses, and to get turnovers, leading the nation uh, in turnovers at points in time. So just over and over again, Vic Coning has shown he's going to get after it. You know what? And the thing is, I believe that. Like, once you show up, show a history of what you've done, it's, it's something you can look forward to and be excited about. I will also say, none of this stuff excites me. I'll be honest with you. I'm hearing some of these stats for the first time. None of this stuff excites me. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say I'm burnt out. I just, I'm, I can't wait to see it on the field. I and like to I said, and, 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 maybe, and maybe it doesn't turn out this year. Maybe it's next year. But. Give me all the stats you want. Uh, Clemson, Troy, DeMarcus Ware. I don't care about all that stuff. I care about you winning at West Virginia. Now, I think, like you said, this is the reason why we could put faith in him. So I do have an optimistic yeah. view. But at this point, I honestly, I'm just, I'm just kind of done with the talking. And I want to start seeing. Well, and like not- I said, I'm not saying they're going to shut everybody down this year. But I want to see the things being in line and set up in the system. And the way that it looks like it's, it is right now. Playing out, so so like like Maisie. Maisie didn't win the first year he was here, but you could see the system he was setting up. Well, you know that I already foundation. You know I don't believe we're gonna win a lot this year. My prediction does was five anybody, to six wins. Neither does anybody else. I know people who have picked eight to nine wins for us. Yeah, not Vegas or anybody else who has betting odds. Nobody's no, eight but or Vegas. Nine wins. We've beaten the we've eight beat- or nine wins is coming from your Facebook friends and your Facebook groups. Chris Hall all, from WV Nation says eight wins. Does he? Yeah. Okay. And then, um, what's his name from up there in Wheeling? Donnie Gilbert says nine wins. Okay. Okay. So, and I'm not, you know, I haven't given my official prediction yet, but. And those are official predictions. Donnie's was official. Chris Hall's is just a conversation. I'm sure there's more that's going to be figured out before he gives you a final prediction. And he'll give you that on his show. Um, but what you're, what, what I'm saying is this is not a guy that's just talking to you about what he likes to do or what he's going to do. He's got 34 years that back up what he's done. And like I said, he's done it in seven different conferences. He's done it at the elite levels. He's done it at low levels. Yeah, He takes what he has and he makes the most of it. And that's what a good coach does. And that's why I'm excited about it. And we're really wanting to get him on the show. We've already talked uh, to Mike Montaro about having him on the show. So hopefully that'll happen soon. Shout out Big Mont. Shout out to Big, Big Red. Big red. Shout out to him. And we're also working on getting Neil Brown. So hopefully that'll happen soon too. I know those guys are busy, um, but so are we. So hopefully we can make it work. 
But uh, yeah, so I just wanted to talk about that because I was excited and Jed got me excited about it. So I want to talk about it. What do you think? What are you excited about seeing? Are you excited about seeing that spear with Giovanni Stewart? Are you excited about seeing that bandit? Are you excited about seeing the defensive line? What do you think about the corners? Whatever it is you think, however it is you feel, let us know. Remember, you can leave us a message on Anchor. We can add it to the show, meaning if you leave us a message, we can add it to the show, and then anyone who listens to it can hear your point of view. Also, rate us, review review us, and subscribe to us on iTunes. It really makes a difference. There are a lot of people who tell us they love our show. There are people who tell us that we have the best show in the state of West Virginia. We are humbled and grateful for that. But if you actually write a review saying that kind of thing, it helps more people find out about our show, which helps us to keep doing the show. So we thank you in advance. La y'all. On to the next segment. Rap me, boys. Want to give a big shout out to Astork Auto, the leader in luxury automobiles and in service in the entire state of West Virginia. Jamie Spears, the man with the plan down there at Astork Auto of Charleston. When you get there, tell them the raspy voice kids sent you. Astorg Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joining Jeremy. JN Phoenix, I'm in the building as well. We are joined today by a very special guest, the number one rated podcast in all of the Mid-Ohio Valley, probably in the entire state of West Virginia, does not have anything to do with WVU, but has everything to do with the great state of West Virginia and true crime. Should be like a dun-dun or something dun, like, dun, like that. Yeah. Emily Nestor here from the Mile from the Mile Marker 181 podcast. Emily, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You are kind of a big deal. How did that happen? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, I, I'm convinced I'm not. Um, I did get recognized today, which was bizarre, and it, it happens sometimes. But um, it's always when I look really, really bad that people recognize me, like when I haven't <laughs> washed my hair in three days. So I, I don't know what's going on. It's all it's all happening, but I'm not sure what all is happening. If that makes any sense. Now see, that shouldn't happen to you. You should never get caught not looking right because you're the one who said. On the podcast, you're going to see people you know if you go to Walmart. So I know, like, I know. You know better. That should not have happened to you. Well, it, in all fairness, I was in the sheriff's department when it happened. But then, oh. I think they all, know, they all know me there. They all know me there. <laughs> I figure they do. I bet they don't all want autographs, though. No, they don't. Um, <laughs> it was a surprisingly friendly meeting. It's not what I expected out of my Tuesday. Oh, well, good. I'm glad it turned out yeah. that way. The, the funny thing is, yeah. is me and Brandon always talk, and here's the thing. people I've heard somebody else say, oh, people always see you when you don't look good. That's why it's important that when you do look good, you make sure you see everybody. Don't leave it up to chance. You nope. got to go out of your way. Go see people you haven't seen for years. Stop in places because <laughs> they going to see you, girl. <laughs> oh, who, me? I just put this on. Like... So- dress up to go to Walmart so people think you look like that all the time? <laughs> yes. It does. Yes. Yes, okay. Emily. You're, you're getting the uh-huh. idea now. Hey, if you walk out and you're having a good day, good hair day, good dressing day, you feel good, make sure people see you. Yes. That's our little advice to just... you. 
Can you tell <laughs> can you tell the people who listen to the Raspy Voice Kids podcast what is Mile Marker 181 about? Oh. Um where do I begin? <laughs> it's a possible murder, it's a possible accident. Um it's very much a long form mystery um involving the death of a 20-year-old um who was killed on the interstate under very suspicious circumstances, possibly with her own car. Um, It was ruled an accident following an investigation. It was treated as a possible homicide for about a year, and then eventually ruled uh, a drunk driving accident. And really the podcast is kind of a deep dive into that case. I walk through the case files, but I'm also exploring things um, that the, the sheriff's department maybe didn't explore thoroughly or I'm backtracking and covering stuff that they, that they did cover and seeing if I get sort of the same results. So it's very much investigative, um, but it, it's done by a local and not, you know, not Sarah Koenig from Serial. So it's got, it's got a serial feel to it, but if it were done by a local, that's the best way to describe it, I think. I feel like there's a perfect explanation, an in-depth view or in-depth look into the life and death of Delia Davis. And what you just said is true. It did give me the vibe of Serial, which is my all-time favorite podcast, Serial Season 1 with Adnan Syed. Sarah Sarah Koenig is a queen, and I felt like you invoked things that she did that made it, that make it palatable, that make it so that something so grotesque um, is something you keep going back to. And I think you do an yes. excellent. I think you do an excellent job with that, cliffhangers, um, but thorough investigation. It's very respectable. You do a lot of work, a lot of legwork, and it comes through in yeah. the work that you've done. Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You know, when people listen to it um, and, and really give it a chance and and say things like that, no, it means a lot. I appreciate it. Now, what do you think happened? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here. Listen here. We're kidding. No, we said I will, I we said we, we said we're not she's not going to answer that question. You're going to have to listen to the show and get your own idea based on the evidence that's produced. But it's absolutely well played, well laid out. That's a, there's a reason when things are super popular, there's a reason why they're popular. Yes. Cuz they're really good and really well uh, uh put out. I love murder mysteries. I love conspiracies. And there's a lot of, you know, different things that go on, you know, in this country. People always want to know what happened to JFK. I have a question for you for one of the biggest murder mysteries that have ever happened. You ready for it? Yes. What do you think? Now, one of the biggest, biggest murder mysteries we know of, the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman. Do you have you ever tried to look into who the real killers are? Were you able to find them by any chance? I I haven't been able to. The problem is, you know, once you're tried for a murder, you can't be retried for it. So that's the that's the issue I'm running into on my legwork with those particular murders. You know, um, what's gonna what's gonna be the outcome? Because you can't be retried. So I've kind of, that's why I actually chose the Julia Davis case and not the Nicole, you know, um, Simpson and, and Ron Goldman murders. It so was you, just, I didn't, you, I didn't say, see an ending. Are, are you saying OJ's innocent? Is that what you're saying to us? No, I'm saying, I'm saying OJ, <laughs> you know, it, you know, he 
didn't do it, but if he did. <laughs> If he, did. if he did, if he did it, hey, he has a new Twitter. He has a new Twitter account. Get out of him, and maybe you both and the rest of the country can help look for the real murderers. Yes, we can get case. together and find the real murderers. On um, a fun side note, on a fun side note about OJ, someone I know is a private chef, and she was supposed to cook dinner for OJ as a dinner guest last night that he canceled at the last minute. Well, wow. I don't yeah. know if I want to be it'll, anywhere near OJ with knives, so that might have been for the best. Yes, actually, yeah, probably. So I, I got a question for you. So, you know, when we're doing our podcast, one of the things that's hard for us is we're WVU-centric, so we talk a lot about WVU sports, but we do pop culture stuff. Like so today, today we talked about peeing in pools, you know, whether that's okay, if it's not okay, what should be done, how it should be handled, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's hard for us to find – new topics to talk about every week that have nothing to do with sports that, that can appeal to a broader range of, of, of audience. What's the hardest thing about what you do? As far as producing the podcast or, or more of the investigative stuff? Any of it. Um, goodness. Well, now I'm in the situation where I have to do ad reads on my podcast. And it's very, very... Um, kind of, I don't know the, the word I'm looking for. Uh, it's a very weird to shift gears from talking about someone's, like, very gruesome death and then, like, doing an ad plug for some kind of, like, cosmetics or something. Oh, so that's yeah. that's a very, yeah, it's a very, I try to do it, like, tastefully, but it's always going to be weird, I think. So that's something that I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is weird. And is it okay ethically to be making money off of someone's death. Like, that's a good ethics question, I suppose. But well, yeah. as far as the, the investigative part, I keep, like, not not crashing my car during the course of this investigation, but, like, every time I go somewhere to, like, spy on somebody or, like, collect an interview, like, I, I've backed into something. Um, one time, a big old, like, tractor trailer tire got spun up on the interstate and smashed half of my, the front end of my car. Um, it just, yeah, I don't know what's happening there, but um, I seem to be encountering all kinds of like vehicle problems, which is kind of weird when you think about it, um, for the subject of my podcast. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I have had a lot of like car issues while driving over the state of West Virginia to work on, on this podcast. Now, you, of course, did not get into this to make money. You got into this justice for Jalea, for Jalea Davis, who is the victim yeah. in, in the centerpiece of your entire podcast. And I don't want anyone mm -hmm. to get that twisted. But along with right. doing this comes success in a way where there will be revenue generated. And so you're just doing what is the way it's done. I mean, you're not doing anything you bring wrong. bring attention to something that needs people to look at and pay attention to. Exactly. So, you know, right. but you're yeah. right. It's, it's an ethics question because you got to find the line and there's always a line yeah. and a balance. There is. Sure. Um, like I, I had um, an ad offer just yesterday for like a wine company and I'm going to have to turn it down because when you think about the content of my podcast, you know, did alcohol contribute to her death in some manner? I'm not going to promote alcohol on this particular podcast. I would on in another situation 
But, like, I've got to, like, very carefully calculate that because I don't want it to come across the wrong way. But I got to the point where, you know, I was working in a doggy daycare and I was trying to balance, like, producing this podcast. And I don't, it's literally just me. You know, people say, like, you guys or, like, you, you know, them when they reference my work in 181. But it's me. Like, I sit in my closet a lot of the time and record things. Like, I, it's not a fancy production. So, you know, to dedicate the time that it deserved and needed, I, I had to be able to quit my job. And to do that, I had to be able to, like, put ads on the show. It just, it, it was a turning point. Well, trust me, we understand that. We're doing the same thing with yeah. our podcast. It just has less yeah. gravity than yours does. Um, I don't know. I don't know anybody else's numbers. Like, I, and I don't want to know. So, because I, I hate competition. I really do. No, I just mean the subject matter. Like, you're talking about something far more serious than anything we ever cover. We don't broach topics like you're broaching. Like, you know, that you're digging into. You're not just bringing them up. Right, right. It's a different different subject matter, yeah. It is really cool to see somebody from Parkersburg finding success nationally and internationally, I'm sure. Um, Where exactly in Parkersburg did you grow up? Like, what schools did you go to? Yeah, are, are you Big Red? I'm a big one, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I don't know if I'm particularly proud of it. This, this high school was like the worst years of my life. Um, I loved, I went to Van Dievender, as the junior high I went to. I went to Vandy. Uh, yeah, which gets a bad rap, but honestly, I had the best like years of school there. I loved that school. Um, but I grew up right across the street from Vandy. Um, I, I could like, look at my window and see... You know, Carter's like cleaning a lot. I would run to school did late you, every morning. Did you go to McKinley or did you go to Emerson? I actually went to Madison. Oh, okay, okay. So you went to Madison, you yeah. went to Vandy, you went to PHS. We share PHS in common. Class of 2001 I'm so me. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, high school was good to me. I just mostly didn't go. Hey, but, <laughs> hey look, but we yeah. all could agree on the pizza place, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we and got that in common. And their chocolate chip cookies are so underrated. Preach, Way like underrated. Preach. Shout to yes. the shout to the pizza place of Morgantown. Yeah. Find them on the mile ground while we're talking about them. But yeah, wash it down with a cold swill dog, innocent yeah. um, and not so shameless plug. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we appreciate your time. We know you're busy, so we're not going to keep you much longer. But we do ask a series of questions. To every guest that we have on, we had President okay. Gee from WVU on. We had Joe Manchin on. We've had oh. uh, several other people, and we asked them the same question. So it's your turn. You ready for this? All right, let's let's hear it. And I keep almost calling you Sarah. That's how much I'm thinking about cereal when, like, <laughs> I think about this podcast. I'm, I'm sorry. Flatter- you can call me that. I would love that. Um, I almost got to see Sarah Kane and do a show in New York. And I didn't even need to, like, see it. I just wanted to be breathing the same air as her, and I would have inspired it. Like, that would have, I could have gone through life happy after that. She's pretty amazing. Um, but yeah. You, but you understand that there are people who feel the same way about you now, right? I try not to think about that. Well, that's fine. I'll think, think about, about it for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Jeremy, you ready to ask her the questions? No, you got it. All right, what is the best flavor of Pop-Tart? Uh, cinnamon brown sugar. Boom! That's what, my home girl. That's right. All right. Better movie, yeah. Lion King or Toy Story? Toy Story. 
Boom. Now she's boo, my homegirl. See? Boo. Wrong. All right. Best fast food French fry. Oh, that's hard. Uh, see, I'm boycotting Chick-fil-A, but I have to say Chick-fil-A. Like, in, in honesty, <laughs> those are the best, but I won't eat them anymore. So Understood. We don't have to get into that. It's okay. not that kind of show. Yep. Um, and what am I forgetting? Does ketchup go on a hot dog? Yeah. Amen. And, and the last one, do you pee in pools? <laughs> <laughs> you got to answer it. Can I, uh, no, I'll answer it. So normally, no, never, staunchly, no, don't pee in a pool. I will say, because I tweeted about how drunk I was a couple weeks back, I got really, I got sun poisoning and alcohol poisoning simultaneously. And I was so drunk at that point in the pool at my apartment that I just couldn't be, I couldn't be bothered to get out. You know, I've been drinking and drinking and drinking. Like I was, I needed to pee a lot. So on that particular day, I, I did pee in the pool. Normally, no. A never. simple yes would have done. <laughs> a simple yes would have done. You're my team, girl. <laughs> I'm truly transparent. I'm very transparent. But you're going to get a real answer. <laughs> well, Emily, we thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for writing, producing, investigating Mile Marker 181. Please tell the people where they can find you and where they can find your work. Um, so if you want to follow on social media, there's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I don't bother with Snapchat. I'm not that young and hip. So if you want to listen to podcast, you can listen on iTunes Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, the Google Play Store, if you are one of those Android people. And then if you don't have a phone for some reason, but you have a computer, you can also find it on YouTube. Awesome. If she prefers that you check it out, on Spotify or on iTunes, on Stitcher, on any of those other places first if you can. That way she can keep track of her numbers. Also rate and review it for her so that more people can find it. It's an excellent podcast. It has a Rassy Voice Kids stamp of approval, not just because we're Parkersburg homers, even though we are. It legitimately (laughs) is a fantastic, well-done show, and the world is recognizing it. It's time the state of West Virginia does too. Rassy Voice! The Raspberry Voice Kids are brought to you in part by the Pizza Place in Morgantown. They have the official pepperoni roll of the Raspberry Voice Kids. They are located at 3011 North Point Plaza in Morgantown, West Virginia. If you are in town near the mile ground, you got to get to the Pizza Place. It is the greatest pizza you will ever taste. I don't care what anybody says. Shout out to our boys, Mike and Luca. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J. Enfine Phoenix. We are doing another RVK interview. This time we are with Nathan Jones, a West Virginia and Ohio high school football official. He's here to answer your questions about officiating. Is it the WVSSAC? Did I say that right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, got it. First try. I mean, I should know because I'm from Parkersburg and, and was born and raised in, in this in this uh, conference. But, I, you know, it just popped in my head. I'm like, that's right, WVSSAC. So I want to know up front, Mr. Jones, what is the hardest part about being an official? Well, thanks, guys, for having me on. I uh, always uh, have a passion for officials and trying to get more guys out here trying to do this uh, hobby, really. It's a fun experience and one of the things i think we have to battle for 
what you're talking about is honestly fans have gotten worse over the years. And I think it's because of the mentality of nothing my team can do is wrong. And everyone knows that both teams are playing hard. Both teams are going to make mistakes. I mean, shoot, coaches make mistakes, players make mistakes, officials make mistakes. I'm going to deny it. We all are human. And the idea of having a perfect game, I think that that atmosphere of that mentality is kind of bleeded into the, uh, the mentality of individuals now, and and that yeah. makes it harder. I think that's one reason why we have a harder time keeping guys officiating too. Yeah, no, there's no question. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. My bad. That's that's my fault. Hopefully, I didn't. Um, I didn't. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> but but you're talking about people who have to, you know, you make bad calls and, and different things that happen. You know, if you're a coach and you make a bad call, you answer for it afterwards. A receiver drops a ball. They have to answer. Do you feel like I mean, not only in high school sports, but, you know, in some of the other professional things with with the officials, do, do you feel like the officials should have to answer for some of their calls in big time games and big t- big time situations? Well, it's obviously different with high school. I mean, we don't have the luxury of having replay. And I think you've gotten more and more of that through the NFL and the college ranks where you have all kinds of different angles. In a high school game, we're positioned one second. got to see the play. I mean, we position ourselves to get the best angle. And there's, of course, mobile officials on the field to help with that. But we have to, we have to make that determination with one look. And that's, you know, there's going to be times where things are missed. And there's going to be times, obviously, the majority of the calls that were correct. And I think that luxury of having replay in the college ranks, I think individuals may feel that that is also a luxury in the high school game, and that's not. And that's not just within football. I mean, that's any high school sport. I mean, that, that ability to have multiple angles is something with the TV generation we've seen now, that that is not part of the overall high school atmosphere. And, but that's okay. I mean, we, we, make, we make calls we know we're supposed to be, we interpret those calls. We uh, position ourselves to put ourselves in the best position to see the angle we need to see. And we, we make those calls and determination what we know at that point in time. Well, I love that you're talking about where you have to be and how quickly you have to make decisions because you're saying there's a shortage of officials right now and you attributed part of that to the fans who may be in a different position than you are and who may not have as good a view of what happened as you did. Um, but what can we do to remedy the lack of officials in high school sports right now? Well, I think one thing actually is I think there's a misconception that high school sports is played by the same set of rules as the college game, for instance. Um, what you see on television on Sunday for the NFL and what you see on television on Saturday for the college game is different than what's played under the lights on Friday night. And those those rules, I mean, yes, the game is basically the same, but there are enforcements that are different. There are certain philosophies that are different in how certain fouls are viewed. And there's timing differences. I mean, the entire game is ruled by different governing bodies, and they have their own set of rule books. And, and some of the misconception, I think, can be alleviated if individuals realize that what they see on television, say, on an NFL or a college game, is not what you're going to watch when you're watching a game at the high school level. But how can we get more officials involved? Like, how can we get more people willing to officiate games, being willing to take their time and energy to go out there and do the best job they can for what is essentially what you're saying on a lot of levels is very often a thankless job, but the sports could not happen without these officials. It's absolutely true. It's just a practice about officials, and, and there's always individuals that are involved, especially many, many 
players at the high school level, they leave the game when they turn 18 years old and never play again. And you think, how can you be involved? And being involved, honestly, when you're an adult later in life, one of the greatest opportunities, and it's a great hobby to be around, great individuals that do it is officiating football. And there's many, many ways to get involved. I mean, each state association is always looking for officials. I can just ream off all kinds of statistics how across the nation this is a phenomenon going on, not only in football, but all sports at the high school level. Officials are dwindling. The numbers are dwindling. I think part of that is because of the baby boomer generation is getting out of the sport. And a lot of the younger individuals that should be joining are not. And I would love to see more younger officials join. And then and that's something, you know, you kind of alleviated to it earlier about trying to get more officials. That's something we're doing here in the middle of July. We're working on uh, trying to start a new rookie class. And there's many opportunities for officials all across the nation and West Virginia in particular to be in officiating. But within regards to the parts of West Virginia area, we'll be starting a class in uh, the middle of July here next uh, Monday, July 15th. And where will that be? It will be at Parker High School. We'll be having it back in the back of the Annex building, um, and we'll be doing it at 6 o'clock. And we'll normally get about three hours a night for a couple of weeks. So, so how does somebody sign up for that? Yeah. Well, honestly, they don't have to do anything more than just show up. That's one way. I mean, they can contact me uh, directly and, and find out more information, but there's really no sign-up process. We just get started, and then we proceed in making sure the individual gets registered with the state of West Virginia, and they get their fees in, and they get their uniforms. And before long, in a few weeks, they're on the field doing scrimmages, and then come later August, they're working ball games. So it sounds like a plan. Monday, July 15th, Annex Building on Parkersburg High School's campus. You're going to train a rookie class of officials, and hopefully those listening can be a part of that. Does it have to be men? Can it be women as well? We have had ladies in the past, and it's not normally a high number. But yes, obviously, anyone that's interested in the sport of football and they want to get back to the game and be around the game, there's no better way than officiating it. All right, there you have it. I have a couple quick questions for you. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I just want to know, because as a ref, you've been a part of a lot of games. What's the best game that you've been a part of? Well, I did have the opportunity to officiate a Super 6 uh, a couple years back. But honestly, I think sometimes you just have a feel for the when you have a, a true uh, whole mentality of the society there in that community getting back behind their team. You have both teams a good ball game. Honestly, one of the better experiences I had probably was a few years back where we had at Point Pleasant. We had a Wheeling Park and Point Pleasant semifinal game. Okay. That one just really sticks out. The, the adrenaline in the stadium was really impactful that time. And the, the obviously the cheerleading and the fans was all, was all into the game. That really, really could feel the impact on that one. Love it. All right, do referees make makeup calls? Do referees make makeup calls? No, they shouldn't be. I mean, you may think that goes on, but the worst thing you can do is uh, is trying to do that. Um, the expertise of what you know on that single play, you should make that determination at that point. Sometimes you, you, maybe it's not the way you'd like to do it if you had to do it over again, but you don't try to make it up later on. They shouldn't be doing that. I won't. I can't commit to everyone, but that should not be the way yeah. it's done. I like that you said that should, that should, that should. Why? Shouldn't. He keeps whistling. I don't right. know. That should not be what happens. I don't know why I keep whistling. Should not. Should not should and not. does not are two different things. But thank you for saying, for clarifying that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so, too right. You don't want to make it right by trying to make another wrong. That's that's not the way you do it. You I'm, just, I'm telling, you know, if there's, if you, 
because as fans, I'm telling you, we watch games, and, and I'm like, I, I can see a makeup call coming. I can see a, you know, blatant miss of a pass interference, and they're going to call a pass interference two plays later on something that was not. But anyways, like you said, it shouldn't happen. What do referees do at halftime? Well, at halftime, honestly, part of it is just unwinding a little bit and trying to get relaxation a little bit because, you know, you have a lot of uh, – non-downtime. I mean, the one thing you don't really think about is the players, of course, you have a play, you get back in the huddle and so forth, and you have your next play. But officiating, you're constantly thinking. You're constantly watching. There's so, always dead ball action. You're officiating. So part of that halftime is just relaxing. And then we go over plays that we've seen in the first half. Okay. Potentially, if a close score, we'll talk about what may need to be done for overtime procedure. And then also we you know, take a drink in and, and potentially eat as well. You got to drink in booze at halftime? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Drink of water. Just Don't be teasing. getting that started. So, just teasing. So, like, I know teams go over things that happen in the first half and where they can adjust to. Referees go in there and say, hey, look, we missed this call. We need just here. Or, hey, they're getting kind of rowdy. Next half, let's go tell the coaches, calm down, because we're going to start throwing flags if you're getting too, you know, you know, unsportsmanlike. It's, it's possible about a wide range of subjects what we may talk about. I mean, it could be – things that we've seen trending in the game, maybe it is getting a little chippier. Uh, potentially there's a play scenario that we saw that we wanted to just discuss more, potentially if it happens later on, how we potentially could have that done differently. And also we just validate some of the things we saw early in the first half, make sure our buddies agree. And, and sometimes we question, not necessarily at that point in time in the game, but we say, hey, hey, so-and-so, what did you think about that play? Oh, yeah, you got it right, or you know that kind of stuff. And, of course, one thing you want to do is anytime in a play – it goes on. It's always better to ensure that if you have information as another official on the play, that you ensure your buddy knows that on the field at the time when it goes on. You don't want to wait till halftime or at the end of the game to try to correct anything. It goes on. We want to know all information from everyone when the game is going on. Okay, that makes sense, and that and that's uh, that's great. The last question I have for you: What's the highest honor for a referee? Is is that is that a uh, coaching? I mean, uh, getting to ref the Super Six? For high school, doing a championship game is obviously a, an honor, but there are also uh, awards given for being an official of the year, and, and an individual each year gets that opportunity to be named. And there's even process later on, um, Hall of Fame. There's even, you know, National Federation has Hall of Fame that could even be bestowed um, if you're viewed that highly as well. And here's the thing. I know I said last question. Another one popped in my head. I'm sorry, but this I have to ask because you always hear it. Where fans will say, oh, I hate playing here because every time I play here, they get all the calls. The refs cheat for them when they're at home. I've heard people say about Parkersburg. Um, Have you heard those type of things? And do you you feel like some of that goes on because of the emotion of the situation being surrounded by the home crowd? Yeah, you do hear those comments. And it's kind of funny how games are assigned many times – officials are actually from way outside the area. You could have potentially two teams that are fairly close in a rival distance, but you may have officials that are two hours away. And we've heard that even when we've been away from home quite a ways and tell, oh, here's our homer. You know, they're, we're getting homered. And there's, you know, it's kind of funny. A lot of the assignments for officials are not even close to the schools that are being played. Understood. Um, we appreciate you coming on the show and bringing out everything that you have. Because a lot of times people have questions about officiating. And in West Virginia, you know, people love their Friday night lights. We love our, our high school football. Um, so to talk to somebody who's on the inner workings of it from a different perspective. We talk to players. 
Um, we've talked to coaches. This is our first time talking to an official. Um, but we're going to ask you the same questions we've asked every person who's been on with us. You ready for these? Okay. What is the best Pop-Tart? A cherry. All right. Okay. What is a better movie, The Lion King or Toy Story? Toy Story. Good answer. Ooh. Best fast food French fry? McDonald's. There you go. Bingo. Does ketchup go on a hot dog? No. And no. Ooh. He said no. See? Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. And for the best question of them all, our newly minted question. Brand new today. Do you pee in swimming pools? Absolutely not. There you go. That's the correct <laughs> answer, sir. We thank you. We thank you for being honest with us today. Oh, okay. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, one last thing. Please tell them again when and where you're going to be having the classes for the officiating. For the uh, Partersburg area here on the July 15th, next Monday, we'll be at 6 p.m. at Partersburg High School. We'll be in the Annex building back behind the uh, school beside the stadium. Perfect. Thank you, Nathan Jones, for joining us today. We will talk to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.